This is Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710, the home of world football in Southern California. I am Dave Dunholm. Mike, good to talk to you, buddy. And Mike, let me tell you. What's up, man? How are you? Dude, is this tournament just off the hook or what? I mean, this is unbelievable. We are getting down to it now. These are the final matches of the group stage. We had four of those today, of course, played simultaneously two apiece. And, Mike, that Group B was out of control by the end of that thing. You know what's so funny about it, too, is that the only thing that really happened was that for a while it looked like Portugal was going to play uh, Russia and Spain yeah, was going to play over. Uruguay, and then yeah. it flipped. Now, there was all this drama, and you know Iran looked like they might have a winner in them. Morocco shows some life and gets a goal. That, like All this drama to the actual games, but I just kept thinking, well, okay, Spain's still in. Portugal's still in, right? Unless uh, unless that one, if the Iranian uh, striker could oh, have gotten his... Oh, last chance. Yeah, if he just could have gotten his body... Tur- what a difficult oh. chance, Dave, but if he could have just somehow turned that, that would have been crazy, because then I- Iran um, all of a sudden would have won the group, right? Yeah. And, and they would have played Russia, but as it sits now, Spain, Russia, and Portugal, Uruguay. Uh, who you got in those two? So how do how do people, Mike? Uh, how do people like justify just the general thought? And I'm not blaming anybody. It's it's you know basically oh, I Dave, guess whatever, Dave, hold on. conventional you're, wisdom. Dave, you sound like you were happy a minute ago. Now you're all, now you're upset. No, again. how do people justify constantly saying, "Well, Spain's so much better than Morocco," and ah, I see. Portugal's so much better than Iran. They're the clear favorite. You know what I mean? And then they go meet where it counts. And it's the only place that it counts, realistically, that these countries meet because they don't play in the Euros together, obviously, because Morocco being from the uh, CAF, Africa, and, of course, Iran from the Asian Confederation. The only place it counts is when it counts in the World Cup. And these four teams go toe-to-toe in this group, tooth and nail, whatever cliche, and yet everybody just, oh, yeah, Spain's so much better than Morocco, and Portugal's far superior to Iran. Really? Well, I, I suppose my answer would just be that this is the nature of soccer, where on any on any given game day you can get a red card, which you know I'm sure we will discuss the fact that you think oh Ronaldo boy, deserved it. I think he did not. Uh, we will we will probably just reserve a whole segment for that. And by the way, Michael Thompson yes. coming up at seven fifteen. Oh. If you didn't know, the Bahamian Grillmaster loves to watch soccer. Uh, he's been sitting on his couch. Drinking champagne, eating nuts, and watching soccer. So he's going to call. But yeah, so my, my quick answer is just that they are better, and, and they are convincingly better, but when they, since the fact that they tied, that gave Iran and Morocco, in this case Iran, since they actually beat Morocco, that gave one of those teams a real chance to advance if they could get one other tricked result. So it's, so it's just the group stage format to me, Dave, that reveals that. Yes, but and Mike, it shows why. this is the example I'm using is Group B. All the games in this group were pretty tight, let's be honest. I mean, it wasn't like Spain just ran away and hid from any of these teams, nor did Portugal. I mean, this is these are t- these are good teams, Iran and Morocco. I just think yeah, people, yeah, they're decent. Yeah, they're decent. People just tend to kind of not give enough respect to certain countries. It's always like, well, of course, this team. Look, kids, this is not how soccer works, as Mike said. And in a three, essentially a three-game tournament because then you got to get into a whole different tournament, the knockout stage, which we will be talking about, of course, as teams are now getting into the knockout stage. It, in a three-game tournament, you, you've you got to respect everyone. Roberto Martinez talked about it with Belgium. He's like, if you think you're just going to walk in and destroy all these teams, he's, I'm paraphrasing, of course, he didn't say it this way, you're nuts, you know? I mean, and, and, well, no, no, but he's not, though, because they did. <laughs> they destroyed no, but, Tunisia and Panama. Yes, right? because Belgium is that good, and, it's, yeah. and those teams might... I'm saying, on average... Look, there are weaker teams. Of course there's better teams. I'm not saying everybody's – all 32 teams are equal. That's no. not the point. But the point is – and, you know, quite frankly, when England beats Panama 6-1, it makes it even more special because of that. 
That's so, how good that game was for England because you just don't see this stuff. So even so, you're. I, I th- here's where I'm struggling because I like your point and I like it on on the big scale. But with all of that said, in giving credit to Saudi Arabia, how they played today, giving credit to Egypt, how they competed, giving credit to Morocco and, and Iran, the four teams that are advancing out of Group A and Group B are Uruguay, Russia, Spain, and Portugal. The four teams that most of us picked. Now, I try to get tricky and pick Egypt over Russia, right? But for the most part, right, wah, wah. everybody picked Uruguay and Russia and Spain and Portugal. Yeah, but I so got that's screwed. I, my bracket just got absolutely shafted by that late goal from Spain because oh, I had, you had Portugal, Portugal right? winning the group yeah, and then yeah, I had yeah. Spain second and I had Uruguay winning the group and Russia second of course which ended up happening with Uruguay's big 3-0 victory I got to tell you that was the first time I've seen Uruguay so far really look good now yeah, they, they had three fun. wins in the group stage I actually thought they played far better today than they did against Saudi Arabia and Egypt for sure and Uruguay's really I, I still sense they're a little overrated, Mike, because that group is kind of, you know, we all talked about Group A kind of being a, a weaker, right. if you will. But I, I think Uruguay's catching fire, I guess, theoretically at the right time. But now we now we see the matchups even for the next round because A and B are done yeah. today. That's... So we know Uruguay is now taking on Portugal. That kind of shifted things for Uruguay, right? I mean, they had Spain there in their sights for a minute, and then now Russia has to take on Spain as the two-team in the A group. Yeah, and the, but the bracket, though, because of what's – basically because of Germany in some senses, of if they in Argentina, if they qualify, right, it's going to be in the second spot. Yeah. Brazil, um, Belgium, France, Uruguay, right, like all of these sides are going to be in the top half of the bracket. So Spain, if things look, if, if things go as they will, in Germany I should mention as well, if they get up into second, they'll be in that top half of that top eight. Spain will have really just possibly Belgium to deal with in the lower ones, and they'll have you know some of the other countries like a Denmark and maybe a yeah. Switzerland, you know, like that. Colombia, by the way, Colombia was fantastic yesterday. I mean, now they were. That's a, well. We can also get to that later. But, oh, destroyed but, Poland but from I, the get go. Yeah. What, but sticking on this group, this this uh, this group B for a second. So with or Group A, I should say. My one worry about Uruguay and how they played today was that Russia just looked like a team that you know. All right, we're advancing. You know, they just weren't really threatening. I don't know. I it was like Uruguay took the game a little bit more seriously than Russia. Now I also think they're better than Russia, but that's what's so hard to tell, Dave. And what's so hard to tell, like when yeah. England plays Belgium, both sides have already advanced. So what can I take out of that game when the teams know that they don't really have to win? It just might have, it's going to affect their seeding. And that's a complete toss up because Uruguay, had they lost, it looked like they would have played Spain, right? As opposed to sure, Portugal. Sure, exactly. And, and then that's what flipped. I think it was. So you, just don't, you just don't know. It's, it's, I think it's, Russia yeah. doesn't care, in other words. Russia was happy to be there. <laughs> They're happy to play right. whoever. Yeah, yeah they, they did right. their job. They wanted to get out. They wanted exactly. to get out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were, they were kind of just kind of, they were on cruise control almost. Not because, not that they weren't trying, but it just, once they got, once Uruguay got the first goal, it was pretty much done. And Russia was pretty much, okay, we're resigned to our fate. Hey, we're going right. through and we'll take our chances yeah, against they anybody. Didn't, they didn't even mark on the third goal. They're just no, like, was, uh, yeah, Godin, pretty, you want that, you want that, you want that free header? Okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like we already They're lost, all like so. looking at the wall. Hey, ref, can we blow this yeah, thing exactly, dead yeah. here? We don't need those four minutes of stoppage time or what. You know, let's For go. Sure. For sure. And like you said, full credit to Saudi Arabia, Egypt. That was a good game. I actually found myself kind of clicking over to that a little bit more, even though it meant nothing, obviously, for any kind of knockout purposes. But once the Uruguay kind of felt like they were in control, I was actually moving over to the Saudi Arabia, Egypt, just to see if someone could pull out a victory. Yeah. Right. You know, kind of a cool way to end it for one of these teams. You you don't really want either one to end in a tie. I, I don't know. I've, it felt good actually to see one of them win. I know the other team ends up, you know, Egypt ends up zero and three, and that kind of sucks. And but Mo Salah got a goal. 
You know, at least he was there he, after all that threat of maybe, you know, no longer playing with the Egyptian national team after this, which I think is kind of ridiculous. But Saudi Arabia, to their credit, at least they got better each game, too, after that first game. It was such a mess. That thing, I was worried that thing was going to get away from Saudi Arabia for the whole tournament. Well, if you, so I, tr- I tweeted something out earlier and at Mike Trudell. He's at Talk Soccer on Twitter. The FIFA tiebreakers is a little bit confusing. Yeah. And, and so, if you were watching this game and trying to figure out wait, why does this why does this matter? What if Spain wait if Spain scores and Portugal gets scored on? Who, it's it's really here, here's what it, okay it comes down to this first of all points okay that's yep. pretty straightforward if you win if you win a game three yeah. points if you tie one zero that's the first that's the first rule of who advances second goal differential okay now in the case of Spain and Portugal goal differential was even uh, so yep. so that was you couldn't do it that way the third one is total goals and right. now since Spain scored two. And Portugal scored one. That was ultimately the reason why Spain wins the group and yes. Portugal doesn't. The the fourth one is the really kind of just strange one called fair play rules at Denholm, where you're basically deducted points for yellow and yellow red cards. cards. Correct. And and that's it's Which, by the system. way, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, Mike, yeah. but Group F might be on a collision course for that. Mexico's group, if you look at what could happen, oh, sweet mercy. They could be on a collision course. Three teams with six, you're saying? Play rules. Three yeah. teams with six points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody with the same goal difference, and potentially everybody with the same <laughs> the amount same of goal goals. Scored. Yeah. So, so, so to your point, right? So, Mexico right now has six points with three goals for and one against. Germany has three uh, with two goals for, two against. Sweden has three points with two goals for and two against. So, basically, if Sweden beats Mexico. 1-0. 1-0. Uh, and right? Germany wins 1-0. And Germany beats South Korea 1-0. Then literally it's going to come down to <laughs> who has the fewest yellow cards oh, and red cards. And that gosh. would be the worst ever. But get this, Mike. The worst. You know what it used to be? You know what that tiebreaker used to be? Which you know. Give me a coin flip over that. Coin flip. Yeah, exactly to give me it. Give it to right. me. Give it to me. Give me at least. At least give me the coin flip. If, if I'm like, because let's say that one of my players just made a, a tough tackle and the ref decided that it happened to be a yellow card, or in the case of Ronaldo, right? It, now this oh, would not work in this situation, but let's say dreadful yellow. You get more. You get more points against you for a red, sure, like a direct red, than you do for just a yellow. So that would be insane. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, they, I think something will intervene, right? I think there'll be some other weird. I got to be honest with you. I'm just rooting for a Mexico goal because if Mexico just scores a goal, you know what I mean? Then then it, all the permutations change because Sweden would have had to have beaten them two to one. You know what I mean? Like it all, Sweden's probably not scoring two goals. No, oh, but I'm saying it, it, it all changes. If Mexico scores a goal, you can't have the three way tie the way we're talking about at all. It's not possible. Because of the goal difference, and then the way it moves, Sweden would have to score more, you know, and it just doesn't. Yeah, it throws. Yeah, it throws the. It throws, throws off. off and, and Germany probably won't win just one nil either, right? No, probably. Because, I mean, yeah, I all mean, deference to South Korea. I think you're right about that. He is Mike Trudell. I am Dave Denholm. This is soccer tonight here on ESPN LA 710. It's always fun to break this down, Mike. It's good that you kind of kind of remind people if you're not a huge soccer person and you're wondering how some of this stuff goes down, you're also wondering why they're playing at the same time. That's because when you get to the third game of each group, they don't want other teams to have an advantage knowing what happened, let's say, in the first game of your group. In other words, if you play the Iran-Portugal game first, Spain would have an unfair advantage knowing what they needed to do, quote-unquote, going into the last game. So FIFA changed. There was a game back in the 80, I think it was 82, where West Germany and Austria basically just absolutely gave Morocco the shaft by playing a certain, I think it was Morocco or Algeria. I like how you phrased that. Yeah, they absolutely just, 
beat them over the head by playing. Because basically, I think it was Algeria or Morocco. I don't know. And West Germany and Austria went into the final game of the group, Mike, knowing that a one nothing West Germany win and exactly one nothing meant both West Germany and Austria went through. Yeah. Think, now, think any you, money was exchanged hands yeah, betting well, on that you, game? Well, of course. I mean, obviously they have pretty good relations as being West Germany and Austria to begin with, and they literally played to a one nil game where they just kicked the ball around. For uh, uh, reports are first hand reports are it was a mess. So FIFA had to say, you know what, we can't uh, we can't yeah. allow this to happen. Right. So you can't even have even if even if it wasn't like planned you have to be above reproach so they have the that's why if you're just wondering if you're catching the world cup for the first time and maybe listening to this show for the first time that's why they play those games at the same time and they will continue to do so each day here so and speaking of which coming up definitely be taking a look at those games and we'll be talking with the great Michael Thompson here, Mike Trudell. I'm so excited. Yeah, so look, I, I hope you have your, your brain turned on because Michael prides himself on asking difficult questions. Now, whether or not they're actually difficult is a, another thing to be examined. I'm ready. But he will try <laughs> to stump us on something. He will think that he's clever about it, and we will have to have an answer for him on Soccer Tonight, Dave. He's Mike Trudell. I'm Dave Denholm, and you are listening to Soccer Tonight here on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm and Mike Trudell hanging out with you every Monday through Friday here as we march on. And still to come, we are going to be talking about Group C and D in their final days. And, of course, Group D means Argentina. You heard Mario Ries in the promo there as they take on Nigeria. Iceland will do battle with Croatia, who already is sitting on six points. Joining us now here on Soccer Tonight is the legend. Such a cool dude. We love him. Of course, Mike Trudell, a long history with this man, Michael Thompson. Michael, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to talk to you guys. You guys are interrupting my NBA awards show, but I figured uh, we're talking World Cup soccer. That's a little bit more important right hey, now. Yeah, look, Clay got another ring. I mean, what else? What other awards blah, do you blah, want, Michael? Blah. I mean, come on. It's, it's old news at this point. Yeah, you're right. But it's still cool to see the present-day uh, stars uh, right sitting in the same room with all the legends like Bill Russell and Elgin Baylor and yeah, Oscar sure. Robinson, everybody, Jerry West. Everybody's there. So it's really cool to see this. No, I mean, I'm just saying that you're, for your family, for the Thompson family, the ring was always guaranteed. I mean, I want to bet off you just to, you sort of hedged it. But, Michael, we're not here to talk about that. Okay, we're here to talk about the beautiful game. Thankfully, you've been watching yes. the World Cup. I, I know you have a million questions that you've been tweeting about the World Cup. So this is your chance. You're the Bahamian Grillmaster. What do you need to talk about with us about the World Cup? Well, well, the main question in this World Cup is, even though it's still ongoing, they're not done yet, but what's going to happen with uh, Lionel Messi's legacy? Lionel's legacy. I mean, this guy has not shown up. I know he took Argentina to the World Cup final before, but it's like he just doesn't rise to the occasion like we expect him to. And now he hasn't even shown up in this 2018 World Cup yet. If they don't, if they don't advance, let's say they go out weekly against Nigeria, I mean, everything he's done in club sport uh, means nothing. Well, I, no, of course not. Dave, I, take I told, this one first, Dave. Go ahead. Totally. I mean, look, is it a, is it a blemish? Yeah, sure. Uh, but here's the thing. And Michael, you know this. I'm not talking to you more so than just the fan. Lionel Messi basically has three or four cracks in his whole career at a World Cup title, right? It's not like a Champions League or the NBA Finals or Major League Baseball where a guy can play 20 years, 15 years, 17, whatever. He has, in a, in a long career, he's got three, maybe four chances, and that's it. So if something goes awry, like it has for him, although they lost in the final last time in the World Cup, that's not terrible. I mean, it's it's very difficult to say, oh, this guy's whole legacy 
is stained because he didn't win a World Cup. I just, I'm sorry. Yeah, he didn't win one potentially, and he probably won't this year. Yeah, that, to me, that takes nothing away from his greatness. I mean, Michael, they're not look. They're not winning this year. I, I just don't see a magical run that they could pull no. together in this one. They might not win against Nigeria, and, and that would be a shame. But it's not going to take away the. I'm looking at it right now: 616 goals, 250 assists for club and country all time, and he's 30. Just uh, all of that, all of the times that the ball has gone into the net directly because of Messi. You know, that's that's not going anywhere. But I, but Michael, the, the where I'll disagree with Dave a little bit and kind of come around to your point is. When you're talking about the four, five, six all-time greats, and we've been doing it this year in basketball too, right? We've been this whole Jordan, LeBron, LeBron's somehow vaulted past X amount of guys into that conversation. When yeah. we're when we're splitting hairs between the true legends ever, and that's Pelé, Maradona, Beckenbauer, uh, you know, now Ronaldo and Messi, you're you're looking for tiebreakers, and you're right, Michael. You can't have watched if they again if they don't beat Nigeria and go on. You can't have watched him play this World Cup and have been inspired. You just you just can't, and it's tough True. to ignore. I don't care who his teammates are, what happened with the coach. You can't. You just can't get inspiration out of that, Michael. So I, so that's uh, to your point. Yeah, and uh, England. I mean, is England really this good? Is, are they finally going to win their second? Or look like they could win their, their second World Cup because they have look like they're a, it's just that they're in a weak group. Yeah, uh, Dave, I'll start with this one. So they in Belgium, Michael, both okay have mopped up on two poor teams. Yeah. Okay, and, and to me, it's that simple. Now, when they they play against each other, we might not know anything either because they don't have to win. They're already going to both advance. But so Tunisia and Panama, not good. So Dave, that's to me, it's just it's wait and see. Okay, wait, sure. prove prove it to me when you get to the knockout stage that you can do this against a, good, a better side. Yeah, I agree with that. But I will say this, and it's kind of funny that Michael brings up the Argentina, you know, specifically Messi, and then England because England really has no pressure on them coming into this tournament. They're a young team. Nothing is really expected of them, even by their own media, realistically. Now, the, their own media would bash them if they lose. Don't make any mistake of that. But there's really no pressure on England coming in. They're not even expected to win the group with Belgium in it, right? Everybody thinks Belgium's so much better. And it's it's a reason I have England going a long way, Michael, because there is no pressure on this team, realistically, until they get to probably the quarterfinals, maybe even the semifinals, which is where I have them bowing out. And I, I really do. I think Michael's onto something here. This is a good really solid team who doesn't have the weight of the world on their shoulders and can just go out and play for fun. You know, the United States is missing the party this year, and I know we're all watching, but obviously we don't have a team in it. Yeah. 2022, uh, do we have any guys in the pipeline? We know we got Christian Pulisic, but are there, I don't know, 12 other guys who can play at his level so to make sure that the U.S. qualifies four years from now? Yes. There, yes, there are. Yeah. Weston, Weston McKenney, Josh Sargent. I mean, there's a bunch of young kids uh, the Wea's son, you remember George Wea, one of the greatest. Tim Wea, the kid's just dynamic playing for PSG. We'll see if he goes out alone in the next year or two. Yeah, there's plenty of talent, Michael. And, you know, we I, honestly, the more you look in the rearview mirror, Mike, of this World Cup failure, we just kind of got, got caught between generations in a lot of ways. I really believe that. And, I mean, I know it sounds like an excuse. We just weren't good enough. And we kind of got caught with some of the older guard yeah. and then the guys who just weren't quite ready kind of thing or maybe aren't good enough. And we just we were stuck in it with a group of players that just, frankly, didn't deserve it. I'll keep it. But, but, oh, go ahead, Michael. But what's, what's taking us so long? Because obviously, how many kids do you think play soccer in the United States? Maybe five million, you think? You know, Generally, yeah. Most, more yeah I would say probably yeah. more. But yeah, more yeah. I mean, in terms of every yeah, year, so probably can, there's... How can we care get 50 world-class guys? Now, I'm saying they're going to be as good as Ronaldo or Messi, but good enough where they could play on club teams in Europe and then qualify for, 
as a as a group for, for this for this team? How come we it's, can't get, get fifty guys out of ten million, say two million kids World Cup age to uh, or even a million? Yeah, World Cup age. This is Mike, Mike. You go first in this one. I have. Uh, I'll, uh, well, I'll the, look. It up. So, so this is the argument, right? That Dave and I, as as sort of soccer people, right, that have been soccer for our whole lives, we've made this argument so many times because it's the question that everybody always asks from the outside looking in. Wait, I don't get it. Look at <laughs> we're, we're America. Why yeah. aren't we the best in everything? And my first response, Michael. So you know how many people play basketball in China right now? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I would say I'd say at least uh, 25, 30 million. 330 million. Remember they, they play they, basketball. Play basketball. basketball. Play basketball. We they said that when we were there in 2012. Okay, you were probably texting or, or having some nuts or something. And 330 million people uh, play basketball there. How many Yao Ming's have we seen? So so it's just in the in the reason is because the level of competition at the youth stages, the level of coaching at the youth stages and there part of, you know part of it is still the, the there the, it is the pulling in of the in uh, starting that system up. Denham's going to argue the other side of this probably and my point will be okay, well then why why aren't they winning? So that it's not the same as in all of these other countries, not all. 15 of these countries that are in the World Cup, including Mexico. It's Michael, just not the same. Michael Mike's going to be shocked. I agree with Mike. It's coaching and there's another there's another reason it's coaching first of all we have not matched other countries iceland top to bottom has better coaches than we do which is just a shame so we don't know how to coach these kids yes. to become the next great players and the second thing is uh, one of the main reasons why the united states failed to qualify and is not as good as we could be is lebron james kobe bryant jj watt Everybody in America expects great athletes. Our, our every sport has to be dominated by the athlete, the true athlete, and run around and jump high. And it's a different game. We've got to stop worrying in America about having the the fastest, most rugged right. kind of player. Yeah, look at Messi's body. Yeah, you know? we need yeah. we yeah. need players who can stink and play soccer. Yeah. You know, and it's a different game. And you guys know this as as athletes yourself, and of course Mike playing soccer. It's a whole different game, and we're just so worried about, oh, my goodness, that kid is a little smaller than the other 18-year-old or 17-year-old or 16-year-old. we got to take the giant – got to take the big kid who can out-muscle everybody, and, but he doesn't have a soccer brain to, to know what to do anyway. It's ridiculous. Our coaching and our, and our actual internal, like, the structure of American soccer is still – way behind and it's hurting the athlete themselves but michael i guarantee you i guarantee you we make the next world cup just just by missing this one (laughs) there's going to be a such a focus and emphasis on every single game and qualifying and that's what that's to me dave and michael you watch these some of these qualifying games that's where we lost it we just didn't play hard enough Really, Amen. we just assumed we were going to beat Panama because there's and Costa not Rica. enough of us three who hold anybody accountable. That's true too. We we have we need thirty million of us, three of us here on this show, and the people who are listening, frankly, who are on the four hundred five and the seven ten right now. We need thirty million of us demanding accountability. This is a two year process to qualify, not a two minute or a two half game in Trinidad and Tobago. That took years to fail. And that is unacceptable, and it's the it's the only question we should be asking is how are we going to make sure everybody's motivated from the game one of World Cup qualifying so this just never, ever happens again. Michael Thompson joining uh, us on uh, Soccer Tonight. Michael, you're going to call people out for this, I think, on the radio from now oh, on. Oh, yeah, no question. Now, now what's going on with Mexico? Mexico plays Germany next. Can Mexico, if they beat Germany, can Mexico actually win this thing? Oh, sorry, sorry, you're saying this Sweden. They play Sweden. Yeah, they already beat Germany. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So can Mexico, is Mexico good enough to win? Should they be one of, I don't know, five or six favorites to win this thing? 
Yeah, they can. They're not because uh, nobody wants to respect them that way. But yes, they can win the whole thing. I, I'm convinced of that based on what I've seen so far. Now, still got to go out and do work because they may not get out of the group as crazy as it is in Group F. But yeah, they. I mean, they got to face a rugged, tough Sweden team. It's not going to be easy, Michael. But yes, they can win this thing, Mike. I believe it. Yeah, I, I will yeah, go you, the other way though, Michael. You, I, you. Oh, you're with him, Michael. Yeah, I mean, they look good. Yeah, they look like they're for real this time. They, you know, obviously they were happy just to get to the quarters last time, but boy, I tell you, they look like they're strong enough to get to the to the semis at least. They do look good. Yeah, I, I just the argument I keep making is that there are only eight teams that have ever won the World Cup. There are only twelve that ever made a final. Mexico hasn't been out of the quarters before. But hey, you're, you're right. At some point, maybe that will happen. I just don't think they can put performance after performance. You know, they're going to have to play whether it's a, a France, a Brazil, a Belgium, a Spain, a, a Germany, and England. Those teams are going to be the ones that are left now. So you have to beat all of those. Got to beat the good ones to get yeah. there, and and that's the trick. You know, that, that's it's the same thing for why the USA can advance to the round of sixteen. You know, some years, but then can you then go ahead and beat Belgium like a last World Cup? No. Yeah, so you know what? There are the no trick. more. There are no more Denver Nuggets. There's no more. You know, the Washington Wizards. When you get to the knockout stage, realistically in the World Cup, you got to beat all the heavy dogs when it comes to that point. And, yeah, and, and Mike's point. Mike's point is legit. I mean. Certainly, Mexico has an uphill battle like every other team does because there are so many really great teams that are going to turn it on once it comes to the knockout stage. But, Michael, you know, I, I, I really know, like what I see out of Mexico. Michael, I do believe they can do it. Again, you get there, just get there to those knockout games, and you just, you know, you get hot. You don't know what happens. An own goal every now and then. We've seen crazier things. I mean, Costa Rica was an eyelash away from the semifinals just last World Cup. Yeah, and uh, Brazil. I mean, we know, all know Brazil, their history, but they've kind of been in the background in this World Cup are how they look. And they've got uh, four points. They don't look as dominant as they, they have been in the past, do they? Oh, uh, Michael, I will disagree. I, I think Brazil has looked better than anybody. Yes, the first game, they ran into a tough Switzerland team, and they kind yep. of just couldn't get over the top. But they, to me, are still the best team. So I, I still think they're the favorite to win MT. Michael Thompson, really? such a pleasure. It's always great to talk with another soccer fan. The, 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 as, oh, yeah, as, man. As committed as Michael Thompson <laughs> is to the game, we appreciate it. Michael, thanks for taking the time and stepping away from the NBA uh, award show. Uh, I really don't want I to propose, talk anymore about the NBA being a Cavs the World Cup every year. Yeah, amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> amen. The great Michael Thompson, we appreciate him stopping by here. Soccer Tonight rolls on. Mike Trudell, Dave Denholm, and you here on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm. He is Mike Trudell. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Trudell. That's easy enough. You can find me at Talk Soccer. We continue the conversation there even after the shows go on each and every Monday through Friday here. Mike. One of the most egregious things that I've seen in this World Cup. Oh no! Was the the unmitigated gall of the referee, Mister Caceres, there, who might as well have just sat in the VAR booth. Apparently, I hope he didn't get paid for that game. First of all, because he, he didn't he didn't technically ref the game. Oh, stop! It, it was technically refereed by a crew back in Moscow. Who <laughs> I love how the crew has to sit there in their referee outfits. We, I, you know what? I was watching that with some uh, some buddies at the Lakers <laughs> office today, and we had that same comment. It was like, you know, that's kind of cute. They all, that's they all magical, still wear the, actually. Yeah. I kind of dig that. Uh, so VAR basically refereed the uh, the. Portugal game, and then the referee... Yeah, yeah, has been pretty good. Okay, you've been very critical of it's VAR. Terrible. Uh, it's starting it's terrible. to run me over. Starting to run and this me is over. why it's terrible right here, right? So a group of referees back in Moscow who have the benefit of watching a replay of Cristiano Ronaldo get a red card, tell a referee well, who a missed card. it to go back and check, and he gives a yellow card out. Mike, this was an egregious, ridiculous 
bit of refereeing and VAR slash VAR. It was outrageous. It's a red card. The no, dude swung at a dude's head. He oh, Dave, he didn't swing. Come stop, on. Stop. Swing. He had intent. You saw it on his face. He was right, frustrated, Mike. Just for a second. So Mario, uh, Mario, weigh in here for a second. Mario is a uh, is a boxing fan. Okay. Mario, you've seen swings. Like, oh, come on. Swing. It's not was the that, same sport. Was what Ronaldo did a swing on someone? It was a swing. It wasn't yes. a punch thrown. Oh, stop. That was not okay. This is what. Have you ever not jockeyed for position before? Red card. It was not okay. It, if it were a red card, a red card would have been given. It was the know, only. Mike? And red cards should never be given for something you that know are the so most benign part like of that. It? You know what? You, uh, yes, you're the, gonna yeah, think, the Iranian you, just crying about it for five minutes. You're going to tell me I'm lying when I tell you this, Mike, but okay. it's the truth. Please I would do. have more respect, and I wouldn't even talk about it on the show. If the referee went to the booth, came out and said, no card, there's nothing that, you know, I called it the way I saw it. There was nothing. He came out and had the, that was just the absolute gutless way out to give a yellow card. Yeah. If, if it wasn't a red, then it wasn't even a yellow. He, for crying out he loud. barely touched the guy. He barely grazed his cheek. It was not a, it was not a vicious or, it's um, a red or malignant or it's type nothing. of a move. I mean, I would have been fine with nothing, but a yellow is basically saying, look, you didn't have to do that. You did make some contact. You were, not, you were not trying to Boom. hit him. Yellow. No. It's not a, It's not a red unless it's a, if there's any way that you can argue that it wasn't intentional he, or it wasn't that, what you can. He, did that. You can see he that. He did not intend to hit it. Oh. So, so Ronaldo's just, Ronaldo, who has been, who is 34, who's he played in some mind. of the biggest yes. games. No, he just decided he was going to elbow the guy when he knows about VAR. Of he course not. He got frustrated. It happens. We've so, Zinedine Zidane got frustrated, Mike. We see it. He got it frustrated, happens. but I don't, I don't think that he tried to elbow the guy in the face. That's I think he tried to push him out of the way and his elbow barely grazed the guy's head and he went down like no, he got shot from a sniper it's rifle. where you're wrong. It, the anybody, yellow card should have gone to the Iranian player for simulation. Okay, if the, if the referee would have given no card, then he could give out a yellow card to the simulation. But see, it was the it was the gutless way out. It absolutely was. And don't tell me the ace is starting to tweet in. Oh, you're blinded by your hate for Cristiano Ronaldo. By the, by the way, I am not the I am not a Ronaldo fan at least in terms of the Messi Ronaldo debate. Right? I have I'm I have like a scorned yeah. lover. I am a Manchester United fan. Ronaldo left us to go to greater uh, to go get greater glory at Real Madrid. Uh, so not only that, but I love the way Messi. So I have. I am not a Ronaldo apologist, and I could not. I just could not justify a red card throwing a guy out. I'm not a Ronaldo. Changing the game. I I love Ronaldo. I love the talent. I just think it was a red card. To me, it was more of another failure of VAR. The referee gets told to go in there and look, and he takes the easy way out of a yellow. I knew he was going to do that too. This referee was not good. But if it's okay, so take out take out the VAR part of it, right? If there was no video review, I watched that play in, in fast motion. And was like, oh come on, really, Iranian defender? Stop, you're fine. Okay, oh, and it doesn't Ronaldo, matter. It's there not was a red card. Intent there. Red, I will not. So red cards, Dave, are such a massive change. Well, that's in the your game. problem. You have a red card I problem. Do. I do have a red card problem. I, I hate red cards unless a guy actually <laughs> punches somebody in the face, like in in front of you, or if somebody dives, a defender dives in front of the goal and knocks it out. I'm like, all right, fine. I guess I'll give you the red card. Otherwise, well, Dave, I will find any excuse. Not to give a red card. Well, you bring up uh, excuses for uh, red cards. It takes me back to the Uruguay win earlier on the day against Russia when Luis Suarez had that brilliant goal, right? Yeah. Unbelievable goal, goal, the free kick. And I said, that free kick had a lot of bite to it, you know, and I just tweeted it out. And most people aren't even, you know, barely even remember that story. But it just reminds me, Mike, I, I, I get a kick out of when I watch Luis Suarez play. 
that that dude took a chunk out of opponents three times in his career. And I don't want to spend too much time on it. And yet he's still allowed to play. Can he just score a goal and not have you bring up the bite from three years ago? Three times he bit people in his career. His teeth were sore. Like it it was one of those (laughs) things. He just there was it's a it's an instinctual thing. He's like Draymond Green for crying out loud. He's such a habitual offender and he doesn't get into trouble. But it's unbelievable. I appreciate he hasn't done a single dirty thing alternative. No, no, he's definitely cleaned his. He definitely cleaned up his act. I'll give him him some credit for that. Yeah, it only took you know you know three strikes and you're out there. Uh, But no, not in soccer. You can can bite. You can bite three different players and still be a hero in the, the 2018 World Cup. And by the way, great goal. Uruguay looked great. We you know, certainly did, we discussed that a little earlier. That was certainly their best performance, Mike, going in. It's a good time to get you know, playing your best, if you will. But now we got to look to this Tuesday matchups. Ooh, so yeah. still coming up, we're going to take a look at these Tuesday games. Australia, Peru. You know, obviously there's something on the line for Australia there, and Peru's just got pride to play for. Denmark, France, and then we'll get to Nigeria, Argentina, and Iceland, Croatia. So much to play for in Group D with those other three teams that are still involved there. Mike Trudell, Dave Denholm, and you. This is Soccer Tonight here on ESPN LA 710. And Koreshma goes again. Brilliant from Ricardo Koreshma on his return for Portugal. Simply sensational, and it might be enough to take them through. And in the last two or three minutes, he started to play inside and attack with the ball on the ground. And he's always had that particular skill off to a team. Soccer tonight, ESPN LA 710. The sound there. Was that FIFA TV, Mario? I'm pretty sure there. Yeah. Yes, From the, the enigmatic Ricardo Quaresma. Nobody ever doubts Quaresma's skill over the course of his career. He is one of the most skilled players I've ever seen, frankly, and he put that on display for the goal that Portugal scored, which allowed them to move on at the knockout stage, uh, defeating, or I beg your pardon, uh, earning the draw with Iran and nearly getting crashing out there late. But they didn't do enough to get through to the uh, knockout stage. And, uh, Mike, that was a thing of beauty. Amongst uh, a lot of great goals we've seen in this World Cup, that one is right up there at the top. Well, if you've ever watched Charisma play before, uh, he doesn't even really have a left foot that he hates, uses. Hates the left he has, foot. He has really, no yeah. reason to use it. He just he just loves to kick it uh, with the outside of his right boot like that. I don't care if it's a pass, a cross. Uh, he'll dribble like that and have the ball come back to him. But definitely loves to uncork shots like that. And and that was really a beautiful goal uh, that ends up being you know part of the difference that gets Portugal to the next round to face Uruguay, yeah. uh, a game that I that to me is going to be a great game. I'm, I I don't know who's going to win. I think I'll slightly. Face Favorite Uruguay, um, but man, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be. It is going to be a tough one. There's no doubt. That's a great matchup, as you say, because it just it could go, it really could go any other way. I do like what uh, uh, with uh, Quaresma, by the way, with the last few years of Besiktas, you know, and everything, and actually helping that Turkish side play very well. He's just so talented. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that's the uh, necessarily the last of we're going to see of Quaresma here potentially making some big impact in this World Cup. That was a lot of fun. What do you make though of Spain? Now they win the group. They get you know they get through on the five points. But this is it's just an inter- I don't know that this defense is going to hold up against the top teams, Mike. I, I'm just I'm starting to waver on this team. Uh, by the way, I, the it's the, it's the Travela, right? If for anybody that when yes, you kick the outside the, of the right yeah, foot, the yeah, the outside of the boot right there. I forgot to actually name what it is when he he he, he probably does it better than anybody, honestly. Uh, maybe yeah. in the history of the game. <laughs> uh, so, but that, that's a deep dive. Okay, we'll we'll get to that later. So, Spain, you know, look, I have him in the final. Uh, okay, losing to Brazil, and it's a really tricky way. That, so they've played 
really well offensively. They've created a billion chances. They've had the ball most of their games, but then they've looked much more susceptible in the back than a team that has uh, David De Gea should look. And yeah. part of that is because he had a howler against Ronaldo in the first game. But even in today's goals against Morocco, I mean, one was a tough header that uh, that the attacker that I'd never heard of before rose well above uh, Sergio Ramos and kind of pushed him off the ball, which doesn't happen often. Uh, and then and then the other goal, you know, was decent, uh, but it was a breakaway that basically happened because Iniesta made a ridiculous mistake uh, that he is not often going to do, no. and they gave away a breakaway. So like I have I have ways to describe all of the goals they've given up. They've all been either. Like weird errors or breakaways or set pieces, you know, nothing has really come in, in in the pace of play against Spain. And so I'm going to I'm gonna the way that I'm rationalizing it, and maybe this is because I like Spain a lot, is that they were never really worried about getting out of this group. So they didn't, and, and it's 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 stupid to say this for a it's it is the World Cup, Dave, but, yeah. but still, they just never seemed like they were that concerned. And I don't think we've seen their A game in terms of defensively. That's that, so that's what I'm kind of waiting to see. And they will they uncork it against Russia? Yeah they, yeah, they played not to get knocked out. Let's put it that way. Not not necessarily yeah. not to lose. It's but like they, they played, knew they knew they can score, right? They yeah. know they can go get one. So they just they just were a little bit lax. And it's just, it's weird again to see that at the World Cup level. But that's the talent level of these players, sure. the belief in themselves, right? That it's. It's a little bit like what Golden State did, you know. Granted, getting throughout the, the basketball season where they never really felt in, that dangerous, so therefore uh, we gave up a goal. Okay, Isco scores five minutes later. You know, yeah. So that that's the thing for Spain to me. And again, I'll, I'll, if I see them play like this defensively in the knockout stage against Russia, you know, then I will be very concerned. Now let's go to this. Uh, boy, it's amazing how fast this hour goes. We only got a couple of minutes left to take a look at Group C and D tomorrow. Of course, we'll be talking about that tomorrow night here on Soccer Tonight on ESPN LA 710. Join us at 7 p.m. Pacific time. But, Mike, i got to tell you, man, this Denmark-France, you know, France is already through, so maybe that benefits Denmark, you know, in Group C. Everybody's focused on Argentina, which we'll get to in just a second. What about Australia? Is there a chance Peru... I, I don't think Peru is going to, you know, go lighten up by any means. They want points for the first time in this tournament. I think Australia is in trouble. Yeah, Peru, yeah, Peru's going to play hard. They're a good side. They shouldn't be zero and two. They probably should have gotten a point uh, off of either Denmark or France. So I, I, I do, I do not think that not only would Australia have to win, they would have to make up a make two up, goal yeah. differential against Denmark. So I think, Fran- I think Denmark gets through. France wins the group, uh, no problem. And, and so I'm, I am focused uh, like you are really on that Group D. Okay, which who's going to show up for Croatia? I think they're going to sit a bunch of. Guys that are on yellows, uh, right? Uh, they don't. They have already advanced. Uh, in fact, the only way that they would really it can't happen. Okay, they, they're plus five in differential over Nigeria. So even if Croatia lost, okay, and Nigeria beat Argentina four nil, Croatia would still top the group. No, so, not actually right? not true. But it's uh, not? if they lost one nil, Croatia and Nigeria won four nil, Nigeria would actually. Take oh, okay. But true, right, right. You're, you're but right. That's but I'm the, just, yeah, I mean, yes. that's the absurdity of it. Yes. Is exactly. I, I'm just, I had to explain. My point being is, it's not going to. It's probably not no. Gonna exactly. That's you're it. absolutely so right. So they're not going to play their. You know, they're not going to play their top side. But I also don't. You know, I just don't think that Iceland has the the, the firepower. You know, to yeah. really combat Croatia. So it's really to me all going to come down to Nigeria and Argentina. And if it, and look, man. I am nervous for Messi, and, and it's kind of like it's true. I, but I, but I shouldn't be like this. Look, Messi, you got to beat, you got to win one game, you got to beat Nigeria, and then all of this crap this week is erased. Okay, you are yeah. you advance. That's just win one game against your Argentina. You're Messi. Uh, this is the time to show up, right? Come on, man. A hundred percent right, and we shall see it. The good news is we'll find out as early as tomorrow morning. Come on, Messi, uh, and whether Lionel Messi can do it, I love it, Mike. Uh, yeah, that's right. 
Mike Trudell, great stuff, at Mike Trudell. I am Dave Denholm, at Talk Soccer. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much to Michael Thompson, Michael Funches, and Mario Rees back yes. in the studio. This is Soccer Tonight. Catch us tomorrow at 7 p.m. right here on ESPN LA 710. Come on, Messi. <laughs>